Okay, in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit, one God, I mean, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together to this, to this hour, to this time, Lord, thank you for all your goodness, for your words, Lord, for your messages, Lord, that you always send us, Lord, for uh, asking, Lord, to really open our eyes to see you, Lord, and to uh, relate, Lord, to every single word that we, we read, you know, how much we are in need, how much, Lord, we are really, as we read today, Lord, uh, wanting, Lord, that, uh, that faithful and merciful high priest, Lord, that can always pray for us, Lord, can always... Uh, offer himself for us, Lord, can always bring us to, to God and brings God, bring, brings the Father to us, Lord. Ask you, Lord, to uh, guide us through the study tonight, Lord, praying for each one of my brothers and sisters, for all our personal struggles, Lord. We put everything uh, in your hand, Lord. Give us the faith that you are uh, in control, Lord, that you're the one who can uh, deal with everything, Lord, according to your goodness. Pray, praying for those who are away from you, Lord, for those who do not know you, for those who have no one to remember them, Lord. That uh, we all, Lord, become, uh, enjoy, Lord, being being uh, members of your body, Lord, and you are the one who is leading everything. Here are prayers, supplications, the prayers of all your saints. In your name, Lord, hear us when we pray, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And Lord, give us this day our dear bread. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not temptation, but deliver us from thine, the kingdom, the power, the glory, now and forever to the ages of all ages. Amen. Okay, so uh, we're continuing Hebrews and uh, we're chapter two, uh, and hopefully uh, should uh, maybe finish chapter two, and if we have time to go through chapter, uh, part of chapter three also today. Thomas, welcome. So just as as uh, as a review and refreshing our memories, uh, what we maybe maybe those of you most of us were, were were here last time. So if you each one can maybe remember something or something that's kind of like uh, uh, stuck to our mind since the last uh, week till now. Uh, if you have something to share, something that you probably were struggling with as far as you know, this is what we talked about and this is what's written, but you know. When applying it in, in in practical life, it's it's not really uh, easy to do that. So so let's just uh, maybe bring the text first, kind of like remind each one what we read last time, and then we can uh, go from there. We we were again chapter two, uh, Hebrews, and um, we were talking about uh, what is man. If you remember that, right? What is man? Uh, from verse 5, for it was not to angels that God subjected the word to come of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. At present, we do not. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them 
brothers saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And that's where we stopped last time. Um, Barbara, welcome, good to have you with us again. So with that, again, if anybody has something to, to, to comment or to share or to uh, maybe, you know, uh, talk with us about it from that section before we move on to the new uh, session. Anything? <clears throat> Nothing? The one thing that we talked about is, is the value, remember that? That we are valued. And that's why we're talking about who is man. And we're talking about that this is actually, this particular uh, psalm is not, is, not, is not a messianic prophecy, but actually talks about, about us, about man, which is each one of us, right? And, and how God gave us everything and gave the, gave, put everything under our control that was supposed to be and then, but because of the sin and because of distancing from him, then that authority went to whom, as we talked last time? What to say, went to Satan, right? So he was, or he became the prince of the world. He became the one that has all the authority. And that's why, again, Christ came in order to regain that and to recapture that and to bring, it, bring us back again to, to, to his authority one more time. One more time. Um, one of the things also we talked about as we were discussing this is because of that, because he became human and he became calling us brothers, then he is saying that as we just read that he is not ashamed to call us brothers, not ashamed to call us brothers. And then with that, we were questioning uh, if he is not ashamed to call us brothers, are we ashamed to call him God and father or not, right? So that, that's again, all that in the context of of St. Paul proving and, and disputing the fact that, that, that the, 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 the Hebrews at that time who, who, was, who he's sending the text to were trying to go back again to the idea of the Old Testament and to see that Christ is not the one. He's not the only way, there are other ways. And so that's why in the beginning, St. Paul, as you believe he is the author of, of, of the Hebrews, he was talking about the uh, comparing Christ with the, with the prophecies, Christ with the law, Christ with the angels. And we're finishing this passage now and then moving on next chapter to comparing him or comparing Christ in chapter three to whom? To Moses. To Moses in chapter three, right? So with that, let's move on to the end or to the to the second passage of chapter uh, two, and then we will uh, see what we have in in those few verses that we have here. So uh, let me read it again, and then we can uh, continue it from verse um, the the second from verse thirteen, and again. Again, again, chapter Hebrews, chapter two, verse thirteen. And again, I will put my trust in Him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the evil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. 
For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. What a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful passage. Beautiful passage. It's, it's, it's full of, of everything. So I'll just give you a couple minutes to read it, each one just, you know, just separately to kind of digest what's in it. And then we can probably start to talk about it uh, step by step. And again, if you notice, I, I'm reading from the ASV, from the English Standard Version, so it might be a little bit different than what you're used to. But again, regardless, whatever uh, version you have in front of you, just read it again, and then we can come back again and see exactly uh, what, what's in that passage. As he is concluding, again, the, the, uh, the comparison between Christ and between the angels. Okay, thoughts before we start. If you go around and just kind of ask what, what got your attention as you're reading this, this, this passage. Let's start with the online people first, because I just want to make sure that we're all uh, participating in this. So Alberi, in front of me, your, your, your picture, your lovely faces in front of me. So I'll start with you. One thing that got your attention. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking about like uh, what I want to say. Say again. I couldn't hear you. Um, can you? Can you? Uh, well, uh, I um. Uh, can you come back to me? I want. Sure, I can come back to you. Okay. Who's ready? Instead of putting you guys on uh, on the spot, <laughs> I'll be merciful. <laughs> Who, who's ready to say something? So DJ, we're uh, Hebrews two from thirteen to the end of the chapter. I'm just gonna just read it and just kind of like seeing if if if, if anybody has something that uh, that got your attention before we talk about it. Okay, anybody? Thomas, sure. go ahead. <laughs> you never uh, feel me. <laughs> Speak up. Okay. Uh, the last verse in that chapter, I'm going to read that here real quick. Just kind of like uh, struck a chord to me. Uh, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Mm. So from the beginning since last week, we kind of like figured that we are so highly valued mm. by God. So we lost our place. We lost all the things that are, are being placed underneath our feet. Right? Yes. 
So we needed to understand where the source is, which is Christ. Right. So we have to go back to Christ. Yes. So uh, the comfort that we get in doing that is Christ had to go through what humans go through so that they can, so that we can feel like we can relate to him. Right. Okay. So because he was tempted mm. and he knew exactly uh, how we should feel, you know, when we're depressed, when we're sad. So we, it seemed to me that we can actually look back to the source and say, okay, yes. God can actually relate, relate to what I'm feeling. Right. So, right. Thanks, Donald. That, that's a beautiful, 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 you know, uh, 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 point, which is a beautiful verse that we should all actually, all should be, um, should remember this all the time. Uh, all the time. This, this is one of the verses that we should always have it in front of us. Because we're always down and we're always thinking that God is not there and he doesn't know what I'm going through and he doesn't feel. And, but it's right there, very, 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 very obvious that, that he was tempted also, he is able to, to, to help us. Uh, Mary and Monica, welcome. Uh, good to have you with us. We're Hebrews chapter 2 uh, from 13 to the end of the chapter. So this is one thing. What else? Um, so Abuna, um, just uh, yes. going on, kind of going off of actually what Thomas was saying, um, like uh, Christ taking, uh, well, God taking flesh and and uh, and uh, living as man. Uh, it's, it's, it reminds me of of a line in the Tazbaha, which actually says, uh, "He took what is ours and gave us what is his." So. Because he came and visited us and um, and lived here like um, all of us do, we have the chance now to partake of, of what, what what is what is his his. Uh, uh, we have the chance to be godly. We have the chance to partake of his divinity. His his uh, uh, like we were talking about. Like a week ago, maybe his nature, as St. Peter said, partakers of his nature. Exactly. Right, right. Yes. And, and that goes on exactly on the same line here of that, that, that because of that, then he, he, he is, is very, very close to us. He's very close to us. Yes. Thank you, Albir. What else? Anybody else want to add anything? What about yeah, the beginning of the of the passage? Yes, go ahead, Yusuf. Oh, I, I was looking you lost at, your voice. Yeah, sometimes. But I was looking at verse 16. <laughs> and I thought 16, verse 16, okay. yeah, was actually very uh special. Because it's saying mm, that yes. for indeed he does not give aid to the angels who are and like the angels are the ones who are with him constantly, who may very well be yes. in need, you know, as like you know, like the devil was in need when he was filled with pride. And they are, you know, just as prone to falling as we are. And it says that he does not give the angels aid, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. And us being the seed of Abraham, it shows that like the value that we have in his eyes, that he doesn't give aid to the angels who worship and praise him in heaven daily and always, but he gives aid to us who are regularly sinning mm. and betraying you know and doing all these mm -hmm. things against him yes 
That, that's a great point, Yusuf. Thank you. That he does not, surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Why did he say the offspring of Abraham, not the offspring of Adam? Because before that, he's talking about Adam, talking about creation, talking about the, 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 the fall, right? But at this point, he goes, he helps the offspring of Abraham. Why is that? After the promise, that's one thing, right? Okay, because remember, the Jewish people who always were very, very proud that they are the children of Abraham. And they even said this to Christ himself, right? When, they, when he said that, what I can make out of the, of the stone children of Abraham, right? When they said that we are the children of Abraham, how could you say that Abraham have seen your days? And, and they're very, very proud of their of their offspring as, as a genealogy, right? And that's what St. Paul talks about in Galatians and in Romans. It's not, about, it's not about the genealogy. It's about what? We are offspring because, because of what? Of faith, of faith. And he's saying that, that Abraham had and received the promise before even being circumcised by faith, right? And he will talk about this in Hebrews 11, God willing, when we have when we reach Hebrews 11 and still, still, still have some time to get there. But, but the point here is saying that, 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 that being, being the children of Abraham is being the children of the faith. Yes, Thomas. So why don't the angels get paid? As is creation, as is creation, right? That, that, and he's again, the, the, remember that he's saying this in order because he's answering the question that, that angels are higher, right? And angels are, and even Christ could be an angel, right? Not, not the actual incarnation, right? And the angel to them are the one who brought the law down and helped Moses and appeared to this and appeared to this as we talked before. So they had a very, very, very high value for the angels. So he's saying here like, no, you are much, much, much more valued, as we said last time, and you are much more important than the angels because he didn't come for the angels, but he came for each one of you. Okay. Okay, now he's talking about man who is after the, so, so Doreen is asking, why did he say, the, the, this is the Psalm that we, 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 we talked about last time, that why he said that he made him lower than angels, right? In, in the falling state, right? Remember again, we said, who, what is man? He's not talking about Christ. He's talking about the human being, right? And after the fall, Adam or human race became actually lower than the angels. Right? But they were restored again, they were elevated again after the work of the salvation. Right? In that verse, you say man was lower. Which, which verse again we're reading? Um, nine. Verse 9. Uh, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory. So yes, in, in this, in this I, I thought you were talking about the, the previous one. In this particular one here, Christ as human, he is less than angels because he took that nature, right? Yes, he took the nature without fault, without any sin, but in that, in that area, in that stage, as a human, he still is lower than angels. So even though we are less than angels? We became even more than angels after the incarnation, right? 
Because as Christ came, he came lower than angels, right? But fulfilling the promise and fulfilling the salvation, fulfilling the, 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 the resurrection and the ascension, everything, he restored man again, as Albert was saying that he took what is ours and gave us what is his, right? So, and that's a very important point to, to, to understand because again, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel sometimes that in, in our daily struggle and our daily Christian life, we forget those basics, those, those pillars, the, the foundation of our relationship. And we feel like we are abandoned and we, are, we feel like we are alone and we are, there's no sense of what we do and we can't do anything, but we, we, we forget and devil makes us forget the basics of that relationship. And that's why Christ became, this is what he's talking about in chapter one and chapter two. That's why he came a man. So here in this passage, he's talking about that again, that he is, he is, uh, uh, that's why he comes up with, 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 uh, with, with verse 13. And again, I will put my trust in him. Actually, actually, if you look, look at this particular passage, it's actually from Isaiah 8, Isaiah 8, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse uh, 17, I believe, or 14. And we can read it together, which is, which is very, very interesting passage. Uh, as he, as St. Paul is, is, uh, is reciting and referring to, to this particular uh, part. <clears throat> who is him? That's, that's a good point. That's why we need to go back to the, to the text itself and see uh, what does it say. So, in, 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 ver in verse 17, if somebody can verse 17, read verse 17. Isaiah 8, verse 17. David? Go ahead, Thomas. And I will wait on the Lord who hides his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Okay, and I will hope in him. So this is the scholars actually said that this, this particular uh, verse in the Septuagint translation says that exactly what St. Paul used, which is, I will I'll put my trust in him. I will hope in him. I will wait for him. I will put my trust in him. Nazar, how are you? What the hell? So that's, that's, that's exactly the Septuagint translation actually has it exactly as St. Paul used it. So here, here, is, is, is two things that are very important, again, and very much related to what we're talking about. Because how, how does he describe God in this particular verse? Here, Isaiah himself is talking that I will wait for the Lord, okay? But then how, how does he describe God in this particular passage? It's hiding. Hide his face, hide his face. Yes, hiding, thanks, Albert. H have you ever felt that, that God is hiding? Right. And really, literally, in the Old Testament, he was hiding. How would God appear to the people in the Old Testament? Through what? Through fire, through thunder, through light, through everything, right? But, but, but not, they, they could never actually see. And as we know, anybody who would actually come and touch and come close to the mountain would be burned and be stoned and everything. So he is saying, like, you are in the Old Testament till this point, you are 
hiding your face from Jacob, from your people. But I will still trust in you. So I will trust in him. I'll put my trust in him, in God. In God. So as, again, this is like a, like a, like a introduction to what St. Paul is trying to say in this particular passage, which is what? He's not hiding anymore. Why? Because he's saying that I, he has went through everything that you went through. And he will even say more and more that he is a high priest and he's the propitiation, as you will, will discuss in just a few minutes. So how could he be hiding? But then comes again, the point is with our own struggle, because a lot of times you feel like God is hiding, right? So why is that? Is it him that is hiding or us that we are away? Us that we are away. And that's why, again, if you go back to, to Deuteronomy 33, it said that the, 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 the word of God is very, very close to you. It's not up that you can, in the sky that you can try to search for it, not in the depth of the sea that you can see where it is. It, the word is in your mouth. In, in, in Deuteronomy 33. So here St. Paul is using that message that St. Paul said that Isaiah himself at one point said that God is hiding his face. Nobody can touch him. They can just hear about him. They just have to follow the commandments from a distance. But this is not what we have right now. So he's telling them, how could you go back to this understanding? Being, coming a human and becoming even less than the angels for our sake and becoming in, 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 in our range and in the same nature. How could you say that he is hiding anymore? So that makes us actually think about, about, about why, if, if we are still looking, if we are still seeing, so maybe that's the question. Are we saying with Isaiah that you are hiding your face or we are saying with, with St. Paul that you are what's very close, that you are, you, you really went through everything and you know exactly what are we going through and you can actually help those who are tempted also. Which one are we, which side are we on? Yes. We don't. Yes, that's a good point, Dareem, because Isaiah, with the, with the prophecy, with the spirit of the prophecy, he said that I will still trust in you, even though you are hiding your face. But I know because Isaiah is all, as we said, Isaiah is the fifth gospel. It's all of, of, of the, Isaiah saw everything, saw the birth and saw the, the crucifixion and saw the resurrection and saw the second heaven and saw everything. So even though he is, Literally saying that you've hidden your face, but with the spirit of the prophecy, know that I will wait on you, right? I will trust you. But now our problem is when we are not in that, in that stage at all. Did somebody want to say anything? Did I hear somebody? We did not hear what Doreen said. Say again, Yusuf. We did not hear what Doreen was saying. What Doreen was saying, that's what I was repeating. Doreen was saying that, that Isaiah was saying that, that God is hiding his face. But meanwhile, he still said that I will wait for the Lord. So with the spirit of the prophecy, he knew that even though God was away, but he was not away. Because he's the one that, that called God what he got the message, Emmanuel, God is with us. Right? So with the spirit of the prophecy, he knew. And he was living on that on that faith. Okay. 
What else in this passage? So here again, St. Paul is using, so why is St. Paul using this, this uh, quote from Isaiah? Again, I will tell of your name to my brothers. Sorry, I will put my trust in him. And then the next verse in Isaiah 8, 8, 8 18, which he quotes also, behold, I, I and the children God has given me. What is, the, what is the significance of this verse in this particular passage right now? So again, remember, he's talking about that God is very close, right? That he is, he didn't come for the angels. He came for each one of us because we are so valuable for him, right? And before that, he said that I will, will call you, I will not be ashamed to call you what? Brothers. See the, 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 the order of this? So now he's actually quoting Isaiah himself, which, which, which in this particular passage, Isaiah was talking about himself as he had that school of, 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 of students of discipleship. He said, me and my children are signs and wonders in the, in the, for, the, for the Lord of Israel. So he is saying that, that Isaiah still said this in the spirit of prophecy that, that God, Christ, the incarnate, will say that I and the children that God has given me are all together, right? He's, he's again, he's preparing for the idea that he, as a high priest, he will bring everybody to whom? To the Father, right? And he keeps hitting on the idea that he is our brother. That's the same, same nature, right? He is not just God that's somewhere hiding that we don't, we cannot relate to. And we always say that God cannot relate to us also. We don't know what... What, what that relationship is. So he, he keeps, keeps pushing on that same idea that no, he is not. He is not. Which is again, one, one of the major things that we struggle with, right? The idea that he is very, very close, that he is really, he's calling us brothers, right? Remember when, 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 when uh, the, the, the people came to Christ and told him your brothers and sisters are waiting for you, remember? And then, then what did he say? Who's my brother and my sister? Those who? Do the will of God. Follow my word, right? Do the word of God. So literally that's he said, like you are my, my brothers and my sisters, right? And that's a be the beauty of the relationship with Christ, which again, sometimes we cannot, we cannot really absorb, we cannot digest that idea. Like, what do you say? What do you mean? I just talking to somebody and, and, and saying that we are one in, in, in Christ. Like, don't say that. Like, why? <laughs> we can't deal. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So the one thing that we take as brothers and him as our brother, you know, I know for, for you all have like a, like a siblings or not, but, uh, but you always, there's something in common, right? What is the one that we take in common between us and between Christ? What is it? The one, that, the one thing that he talked about actually in, in, in Colossians also, when we studied Colossians, we talked that, that he in him, in him is all the fullness. Fullness of what? The one thing that he always said, the one thing that he always, this is the new commandment that I'll give you, which is what? 
What is it? Love. Love. And that's why he's saying that you are, I cannot be ashamed to call you brothers. And that's why here he said, St. Paul is using the same, the same concept that, that I and the brothers, because there is that bond of love. And if he is using that bond of love between him and us, the question now again is, can we use the bond of love between each other or not? And honestly, that's why sometimes if this bond of love between each other is broken, then that means that we are not dealing with each other as, as what? As brothers. And if we're not dealing with each other as brothers, then we lose our relationship with him as, as a brother. And that's, that's the, 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 the simplicity of, of what we call the orthopractice, practicing orthodoxy, right? We can talk about, about theology, we can talk about Athanasius, about Cyril, about this and about that for, forever, right? But all that theology is simplified in what? Living as he lived, right? Being his brother and him being our brother. And that, that takes place and takes shape in what? Through our love to each other. Yes, Thomas. Um, I just need you to explain uh, verse 14. Okay. A couple of things that are going through my mind here. Yes. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Okay. Okay. So. Speak up a little bit, Thomas. So we know that Christ died physical death. Yes. Okay. So if through the death that he died physically, is he saving us from our physical death or our spiritual death? Okay. okay. So that's what I'm confused about because he said through his death he can save uh, he might destroy the one who has the power of death. Right. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to a lifelong slavery. Right. right. So which death Okay. Very good. Did you guys hear the, the, the question from Thomas? Okay. What do you think? Anybody wants to, to, to add something or to answer? What do you think? Spiritual death, Mina Singh? Okay. Okay. Because death, physical death is always there, right? Okay. Okay. But, but, but then Thomas' question would be, how could he say then that he saved us, right? Who has the power of the, the, the devil and deliver us those who thought, through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery, okay? What, what other answers would you have? I think it's both, Rabona. Okay, in what way, Yusuf? Well, yes, the physical, because when we die, our spirit will live but also when we mm. sin we essentially die spiritually from god mm. yes yes that's a great point because sin is death right the wage of sin is death so there is the spiritual death that we we not only that that the resurrection but the fact that we can come out of the sin through repentance and again sin or death has no power on us anymore 
right? Okay. What else? Thanks, Yusuf. I think um, I don't really have any answers, Abuna. I just, um, I think I had the same question as Thomas because I think the language um, around, uh, trying to find it here, and release those who through fear of death were all in their lifetime subject to bondage. I think that's, I think the language of 15 is a bit confusing. Like there are other places in the Bible where it talks about he who sins is a slave of sin. So that's what that reminds me of. But in this context, I'm a little, it's just, it's just not all click. It's not clicking for me in the context that's of the two. So I, I think I, I may have a similar question to Thomas. Okay. That, that's good. Thank, thanks for, for, for sharing the same thing because it is, it is a little bit or kind of confusing also, right? Okay. Let's look at it one more time. Again, what, what's the definition of death, the physical death before Christ? How would people look at death before Christ? The end. End, right? Not even end, but even worse than that, because at that time, whoever you are, you're going to, 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 to Hades, right? Right? And that's why, if you remember the, the, the common story of Ezekiel, uh, the king, when he knew that he was dying and then he turned his face against the wall and kept crying and then Isaiah came and prayed and then he, he gave him 15 extra years to, to live, right? Why? Because, because that, that was the end of everything. So the physical death was, was nothing. And that's why all the blessings in the Old Testament was what was materialistic blessings now, right? So even God, when he promises the people, I will bless your children and your offsprings and your wealth and your and your and your, right? Even the, 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 prop, the, the blessings in, in, in to the people themselves, right? We'll bless you with the wheat and the wine and the, right? Why? Because everything was here, right? The, the, hmm? And yes, exactly, right? So with that, what, what did Christ do after coming? That death became what? The physical death became a bridge to another extension of a better life, right? Of a glorified life. So the de death itself as physical death was not destroyed because it's still there, but it became the door for something better, for glory, right? So in that way, the, 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 the sting of death and the, the fear of death is not there anymore. Right, exactly like the baptism, that we die with him and we resurrect with him to, into the new life, right? So, so the idea of the death as the end of the world and the end of the hope and being in, 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 in Hades and being punished and all this is not there anymore. And that's why you see that that the, the fathers were, were, were waiting for that day of, of, of death in, in joy, right? You see the martyrs and, and, and going and willingly go, giving themselves up to, the, to death in order because they knew that this is actually a transition to something else, right? So that's the physical death. So he made the physical death instead of an end, an actual door to something else. The spiritual death, definitely, as Yusuf said, that he gave us the power of repentance again. 
So the wage of death, of sin, which is death, has no power on us anymore. Right? So every time we sin, we have, as long as we are willing to repent, we have the ability to ask again for his mercy and for his forgiveness and to, to, to be resurrected again, right? So we are no more staying in the spiritual death. So what does, what does he say here about, about 14 and 15 again? Uh, let me read it again from, from um, let me read it from the, from the, uh, um, other translations, see how, how easy that is from this. Let me just read it from the ASV here one more time and then we go on from the other uh, translation Hebrews. Okay. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood so we all share together in flesh and blood. That's why we are all brothers, right? That's what he means, that we are all sharing the flesh and blood. That's why we're all from one nature, right? He himself likewise partook of the same things. So he partook of the same flesh and blood in order to be physically one with us, right? That through death, because as if he, if he partook of the same flesh and blood, he will definitely go through what? death, right? Then, but he goes through death as human and as divine at the same time. And that's where the power and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the, the defeat of death became for all of us. Because yet he died as human, but his humanity did not partake from his divinity, as we see in the liturgy. So he gave the power over death to his human nature and foreso to all our human nature also. So again, what he's saying here again, that through when he partook of the same things, which is the flesh and blood that we all share together, that through death, he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. Because at that time, who has the power of death and who has the power to take the souls of everyone that, that dies, Satan. And that's exactly what he did, knowing or thinking that Christ is just another human being. So when Christ died, Satan came and, okay, I'll take your, it's your mind. And I come down to Hades, but he went down to Hades with him. And then he went and, and did what? Captured captivity, as you see, right? And he, as we see in the, in the beautiful icon of the resurrection, then he, he, he chained devil and stepping over him and then holding Adam and Eve and all the prophets and all the fathers and bring them up out of Hades. Right? He did not. He was, he was very, very confused. Sometimes he thinks he is and sometimes he doesn't. Till the end. And that's why one of the reasons that can, like, like he was not revealing his divinity. Right? During the, 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 the mountain on the, on, the, on the temptation, he was testing him, but he still wasn't quite sure, sure right? Yes. So sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. And that's why, you know, but at the end, as he's used to do with everybody else that dies, okay, I'll capture you and take you down. And as he did this, then Christ, with his divinity, changed everything. So that's, that's verse 14. Verse 15, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Which means again, 
deliver, so because of what he's done, he is delivering all those who through the fear of death, because death was so fearful, whether again, it's the spiritual or the physical death, it was so fearful, right? Then, you know, if, if you sin, you have to do this and this and this and this, you have to, to, to sanctify yourself and purify yourself and do the sacrifices, but at the end, still it's not enough, right? So because of that, because of the fear of both the physical and the spiritual death, if I am afraid of something, I become, I become what? I became slave. I'm not free anymore. Right? So that's what he's saying here, Mary, that and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. So by doing that, by stepping over death, by, by trampling over death, he set everybody free and then there's no reason for anybody to be slave anymore, right? Which makes us again think again, like if right now, if I ask that question, are we afraid of death or not? If the question or the answer is yes, then we are actually against what he's done for each one of us. Then we don't understand. Then we're still very, very, very much materialistic. We are very, very much thinking of this earth as that's our home. And we're forgetting everything else that he's done for us. And could we be afraid of, could we be not afraid of physical death, but still be afraid of spiritual death? That's a good, very good point, DJ. So DJ is saying that could we be not, be, not be afraid of the physical, but be afraid of the spiritual death. I think that fear that will keeps us watchful, right? So yes, there is a very, very good point that we are afraid of death because I don't want to die, right? And I don't know what's gonna happen and I don't wanna lose my all what I have, right? And I love this life that I'm living. Or no, afraid because, because, but then again, that's why the continuation of this chapter is very, very important. Because if we have no hope, then yes, we should be very, very, very afraid and terrified. So the fear, again, that, that where, that where it comes again, the fear of the Lord, what does it mean? The fear of death as we have no hope, or the fear of death that no, I should be watchful, right? Like if you're going through an exam and you're afraid of the exam, but know that, that through that exam, you will have your license, right? right? So actually I'm afraid, but I'm also, that fear makes me actually anxious that I wanna take that exam. I wanna, I wanna get done with this, study more, right? And even if I fail, I know that I have a second chance and third chance, and this is my goal. Right? But the idea is, again, if we, if we are so blind that we don't see beyond this life, right? And we are so much enslaved by the fear of death because for us, I don't know what's happening. Whether I don't believe in it, or again, it's not tangible in my hand, or uh, I don't know, it's, it's the unknown, <clears throat> the fear of the unknown, right? And I don't trust but what I have is, is, is what I have right now, right? And that, that, that's why we, feel, we live in that fear and we live as slaves. And everything that happened to us, we are terrified because that's the end of life, that's the end of story. If I want that thing very, very much and for whatever reason, don't get it, that, that's, that's the end of my life, right? Back again to the idea of attachment and detachment, right? I'm attached so much to life that I don't really, I don't really want to give up anything. 
But that that goes on again with exactly Saint Paul when he talks about that we are our citizenship is in is in heaven, right? And that's what he's trying to tell them that that's that's why Christ came again, that to free us from that slavery, to free us from that very 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 short sight life that we're living. We're just living and looking all the time under our feet, like this is what I have, and this is what I'm concerned about, and this is what I'm worried about. Like, hey, there's something else. And all what you go through now is actually preparation for this. But I don't see that. You can't think about something that I don't see. Well, that's why you go back again to Hebrews 11, said people lived by faith. Because sometimes you have no choice, right? Like we have to live by faith, otherwise we live a miserable life. So which one do you want to choose? <laughs> it's like living with the fear of COVID or going with the, with the vaccine that I don't know anything about it. <laughs> right? But it's, it's better than just living the, the, the fear of, of what's going to happen to me. <laughs> so Mary, I, I hope that helped a little bit. So uh, Abuna Jacob, um, a couple of verses that I have in mind that kind of reinforce this idea um, of, you know, death and spiritual death versus physical death. Um, from the book of Revelations, chapter two, um, yes. where Christ is talking about the persecuted church, I think the verses are uh, verse 10 and 11. Uh, I can read those okay. if you'd like me to. Yes, go ahead, Emil. Revelation not, 2, 10 and 11. Yes, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil mm -hmm. is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation mm -hmm. 10 days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Mm. So, so I, I mean, if yes. you think about what the second death is here, I would think the second death is the spiritual death, right? So if you think about the physical death is the first death, which we all will, you know, which we all will go through. The second death is the spiritual death. But if we stay with Christ, we have no reason to fear that second death, the spiritual death, because he has, he kind of has our backs, right? In that. In, in that afterlife, he will he will have our backs. He will say, I know this person, you know, I will not allow him to have eternal death. Rather, I will have eternal life for him. Right. Right. That's a beautiful verse. Thanks, Amy, for that. That 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 death has no power anymore. And that's exactly what St. Paul is saying here in Hebrews. And not only that, but if you go back again to chapter one when he's talking about, about Christ as the firstborn, he said the firstborn of what? From <clears throat> sorry, I got confused. Go go to Colossians. <laughs> That's a different study. I'm studying this with the other group. Colossians chapter one, right? And he's he's identifying Christ also. As, as the head, right? So if you read Colossians chapter one, verse 17, if somebody reads this. Colossians chapter one, verse 17. 
Good. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And eight? Eighteen. Eighteen, sorry, yes. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Mm. He is the head of the body, is the beginning, the firstborn of the? From the dead. From the dead. That in everything he might be preeminent. Yes, that in everything might be preeminent. He's above everything. And, and St. Paul always, right away, he, he links that he is the head, that he is the beginning, the firstborn from So that's what he's what that's what he is he's introducing this idea here to the Hebrews as he is that's why he came right again and that's why he has to be only Christ nobody else the Torah didn't do that the angels didn't do that the prophecies didn't do that right and in a way also if we take this on our on our life now if we do everything without the faith the faith that he is the one we're not gaining anything I mean, doing everything, meaning even our, our Christian religion, if I may say that, right? Our practices. If we don't have the faith with the practice, the practice is nothing. Because it's not the practice that will lead us to heaven. It's the faith. But definitely the faith and practice, practice both has to, to fulfill each other, right? But the faith that through him, through what he has done, we have fear and death has no power on us anymore. And that's why he ends with this, with this beautiful, beautiful verse after this in verse uh, 20, uh, I'm sorry, 19 and 18. Or 17 and 18 from, again, Hebrews, back again to Hebrews chapter 2, 17 and 18. Let's read it first from, let's read that whole thing from, from the, the uh, Vulgate translation from, from the Latin, uh, which I have it, let me, let me share the screen here with you again, so you can see this. See if, if, if it makes, makes it e easier to read or not. So, therefore, verse 14. Because children have come in flesh and blood, he himself also in like manner has shared in the same so that through death, he might destroy him who held the dominion of death. That is the devil. And that, that's what we explained that because he has this, he's sharing the same flesh and blood and he went through death, but he still, he is the divine and he is the human at the same time. That's why he was able to defeat and to destroy him who held the dominion of death. That is the devil. And then verse 15. One second. And, and so that he might free those who through the fear of death had been condemned to serve to servitude throughout their entire life. So this is this is this is probably uh, better. Uh, understanding so that he might free those who through the fear of death because we have fear of death we became what condemned to servitude throughout our entire life so here he is freeing us because he has he defeated the power of death 
For at no time did he take hold of the angels, but instead he took hold of the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, it is fitting for him to made similar to his brothers in all things, to be made similar to his brothers in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest before God, in order that he might bring forgiveness to the offenses of the people. For as in as much for in as much as he himself has suffered and has been tempted, he also is able to assist those who are tempted. So here, St. Paul is giving two important characters to him as a high priest, which are what? Merciful and faithful. How is that? How can we how can we identify that? Faithful, what does faithful mean? Faithful with his promises, right? Faithful to, to whom? To us? Yes. And also faithful to the Father. Why faithful to the Father? What does it mean that he is faithful to the Father? He, he, he does the, the will of the Father. No yes, go ahead. What's the cost? Say again, Albert. He does the will of the Father no matter the cost. He does the will of the Father. And he's faithful in, as well. that's why he say that he is the propitiation. What does that mean? To cover. We talked about this before, that if they, if my brothers are not able to, I will what? I will cover them with my blood, as long as they are also faithful. Right? And that's why he is merciful and he is faithful. Right? So here he brings, he brings two functions of Christ that are very, very important. A high priest and what? The redeemer, right? High priest who is old. What is, the, what is the job of the high priest? The high priest is to bring people to God, right? Yes. yes. And to offer sacrifices on their behalf, which he did for himself the one time, right? And merciful in, in what? In bringing God to the people. Because this is the mercy of God. He's not God, is not, not as we said before, you're not anymore what covering yourself, right? You're not covering yourself. You're not, no, you are very, very. So that's why in this, in this idea, he, he brings he brings that 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 uh, teaching of, of Christ as both a high priest and the redeemer, also the propitiation, right? Of, of every, of each one of us. And that's exactly written in, if you go, the last thing I wanna, I wanna finish with is, uh, is 1 John uh, chapter uh, one, first of all, and 1 John chapter two, but let's go to 1 John chapter one. What does it say in, in the same idea here? This is the exact same idea, by the way. First John chapter one, and if we read verse uh, five till 10, the last five or six verses, somebody can read them. First John chapter one from five to 10. Uh, 
Go ahead, DJ. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his world is not in us. Okay. And then, uh, let's see, maybe uh, Nader, can you read chapter 2, verse 1 and 2? Um, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the, sorry. Go ahead. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So see, see the parallel between this and between Hebrews? He's talking about Christ here again. As an, as an intercessor, he is what? He's the priest. He's the high priest, right? That you shouldn't sin. Shouldn't sin mean shouldn't stay in the sin, right? Always repent. Not shouldn't sin, then you shouldn't, don't do anything, you know, be sinless. No, nobody's sinless. But don't stay in the sin. Reject sin. Repent. Why? Because we know that we have an intercessor. That's the work of the high priest. And then, if we sin also, who will or what will be the propitiation for our, for our, for our sin? His blood. His blood, right? His advocate, right? Exactly. And because of that, he comes up with the conclusion back in Hebrew again, saying that because of that, because of that, because he's a merciful and faithful high priest, for because he himself he suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He is able to help those who are being tempted. And this is this is a very 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 strong, and this is a very it needs a strong faith to understand and to believe that. And that's why I said early on that that please keep this verse in front of you all the time, because the devil always fight us against this. For because he himself who has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So meaning what? Meaning when we are tempted, when we are sinning, when we are, when we feel miserable, when we feel distance, when we feel like there is no hope, instead of taking another step backward and disconnect more, do what? Move forward. Move forward because he is there for you. And he will take that part of you that is really miserable and change it because he went through that already. He went through that already. But the idea again that we don't see it, we don't believe it. We are always, the, the, the voice of devil is always much, much, much higher and louder than the voice of the spirit saying he has been there for you. He's been there. So with this, we, this, is, this is the reason why we always, always, always come back again and live that life of repentance again and have the hope again, have the joy again.
right? Because I know that he is not, he's not afar from us, that he went through everything. As I said before, that if you are struggling with anything, try to figure and to, to, to see it as, as you are fulfilling part of Christ's life on earth. If I'm struggling with whatever, try to find that part of his life on earth and how he was struggling in the same way that I'm struggling. And it becomes again, going back again backward, that this is why again, he had freed us from the fear and from the slavery of death because he, he, was, he was there and he went through that. I was just talking about this a couple of days ago about, about the, the, the miracles of, of Peter and how he was imitating Christ himself. Like after, after he, he went, after the, the Pentecost and he went and he, he uh, healed the paralyzed and, he, and he, he brought back the Tabitha from death. And like, as he was just like, I know how to do that. <laughs> I've seen him doing that, right? It's, I know that he went through that, right? So he's not just like, I don't know what to do. No, I, you know, it's, it's hey. He used the same way, but now the difference that he's using the power of the name of Christ instead of his own power. So chapter two is an amazing, amazing chapter. And again, it brings back again, that idea again of why Christ was, or why God sent his only son, right? All for that last verse, that you are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. Don't ever think that you're alone. Don't ever think that you know God doesn't know where I'm at. Don't think that you know what He doesn't feel, doesn't know what I'm going through. No, He's been through everything. He's been through everything. The thing is, we just kind of put that that bubble, right? We put ourselves in that bubble and say, like, what I cannot stand this, and He's away from me, and I would rather go through this on my own. Like, no, no. Whatever that is, whatever that is, just, just keep that verse in front of you again. That, that again, for because he himself has suffered, and you see the, 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 the uh, 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 language itself, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is also able to help those who are being tempted. I was just, just the last thing I want to say that I was looking at the word uh, able to help those who are being tempted. It's actually a word used for rushing to help a crying baby. <laughs> it's a beautiful way of looking at it this way. So it's not just helping, no, it's, it's the actual word is, is him who is rushing to help somebody that's crying, specifically a crying baby. I've been there, I can hear you and I will rush to help you, but on my own time. <laughs> Because rushing can take you a few days, few years, few whatever. But that, go back again to Isaiah, I said, I will wait for the Lord. I know that I can trust him. I can trust him. So that's one thing to take. I think it's, it's, if we take that last verse, if we take it with us, and each single challenge we face this coming week, just remember this. Right? And remember the meaning that he is rushing to save a crying baby. <laughs> it becomes so beautiful. Rushing to save a crying baby, right? Because he is a brother. He is the bigger brother. <laughs> and if you have a, if you have a baby sibling and you remember that you you know you rush to help, right? You rush to help. 
So let's keep this in mind and pray about it. And again, if we if we are struggling with that fact, if you're struggling with 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 believing that, if we still you know devil is still so loud, like you know what God is very far away from you. I still don't feel this. Just change this to a prayer. Change it to a prayer. Simply like hey God, if this is really who you are, and I don't feel that, show it to me. Open my eyes so I can see that you are very close, that you are very. You went through everything and you know exactly that I am going through and you will get me out of this again and come and snatch me a crying baby and bring me back again to the bosom of the father again. God bless. Any questions or addition at the end? Nope. Okay. Let's pray and uh, conclude with that. And again, you know, uh, th th this part again needs needs a lot of, needs faith, needs faith. You know, so if we're struggling with it, the, the best way to deal with that is to to pray with it, pray with the text, pray, take the text and pray with it. Like you know, what? I, I really want to live this. I want to you know I'm struggling with too many things, and I don't think that you are aware of it. <laughs> you don't know how I feel, so. Change it to a prayer and knowing that he will he will come and rush to to save us crying babies <laughs> all of us okay let's pray in the name of the father and son of the holy spirit one god and dear heavenly father lord thank you lord for all your love lord we love you lord and we don't even know how to love you lord how to how to present our ourselves to you lord and maybe lord we don't trust in those words maybe lord it's not something that we, we we've, we've heard and We've lived, Lord, but we come to you, Lord, as, as crying babies, Lord, as you said, and just knowing that you will rush to us, Lord, and save us, Lord. Save us, Lord, for one glory reason and glorified reason, Lord, that you are in us and we are in you. We are all one, Lord, that you are the head of that body, Lord. Pray, Lord, that you give us the power of the resurrection, Lord. Give us the hope, the, 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 the faith that we move on, Lord, that we are knowing that we are we are more than precious, Lord, in your, in your sight. You, you, hold, you hold each one of us, Lord, in your hands, Lord, in the, in, the, in the pupil of your eye, as you said, Lord. You are uh, caring for each one of us beyond our understanding. Allow us, Lord, to hear your voice, hear, hear your spirit, Lord, and to, to, to shut down the, the voice of devil that always, always uh, complain, always... Uh, Talk back and, and 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 talk bad, Lord, in our ears, Lord, that you are you 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 are not merciful, you're not faithful. But let us allow allow us, Lord, also to remember that you are that uh, faithful and merciful High Priest, Lord, that we have that always brings us to the Father, always covers all our iniquities, all our weaknesses, Lord, with your blood. Hear our prayers, Lord, always, and praying for those who are away from you, those who uh, do not trust you, those who do not know you, those who want to leave you, Lord, do not leave them. Those who have no one to remember, Lord, remember everyone. Through prayers of all your saints, Lord, in your name, hear us when we pray, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Give us this day our day. Yes, not temptation, but deliverance. the power of the Lord. Enough for ages, Lord. Go in peace. Have a good night and good to see you all. See you next week. Thank you, Abuna. Thank you, Abuna. Thank you, Brother Jacob. Have a good night. Thank you, Thank you Abuna. Thank you, Abuna. Thank you.